Hey guys, before we get into this episode of Four Distraction, I wanted to give you a quick heads up. I'm trying to be a little quiet right now because I'm recording this bumper uh, in the morning while everybody else is asleep, so shh. But we had a little technical difficulties during this episode. Towards the end of the call, towards the end of the episode, uh, my internet actually crashed. So I had to restart my router and completely set everything back up. You can kind of tell when it gets to that point, it gets a little echoey, the sound gets a little poor. So I just wanted to give you a quick apology ahead of time. You know, the sound isn't the best this episode. Uh, I do end up fixing it towards the end when we restart the call, so it sounds a little better at the end. Luckily, it's only for a very small portion of the episode that it is like this is not the entire episode so if you can get by that and get through that hope you enjoy remember stay safe stay gold Welcome back to another hard-hitting, boner-inducing episode of For Your Distraction. I am one of your hosts, Scott, and joined, as always, Adam. How we doing? Uh, we are socially distant and ready to go. Yes, this is episode four of the quarantined edition. The quarantine uh, series. Yes, yes. Uh, we are joined again two weeks in a row. This is great by our good pal, Mike Deloney. Mike, how are we? I have a boner, Scott. Thank you for asking. I knew it. I knew it. I called it. So, well, you, uh, well, you called me. Yeah, true, true. So we're going to uh, uh, not get out of hand this week, last week. See, Mike, you are one of my oldest, dearest friends, but you've always been able to push my buttons when it comes to politically charged topics. And I think you did a good job of that last week. It, it definitely... I said it brought out the angry socialist in me. He did a phenomenal job without really doing much at all. He knows how to do it. <laughs> you know what's funny is I talked to my brother because he listened to the episode. And he said that um, Adam should be a marriage counselor because it was basically like us yelling at each other. And then Adam just like mediating in between. So I didn't do a um, really good job. It was just because you guys were yelling at each other. And I was like, hey, guys, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. I like that. No, that's that's very accurate. Adam, you have a if this whole computer programming thing doesn't work out, oh, you have oh. another you have another path. Yeah, maybe yeah, you I can, guess. You can find uh, the diehard socialist and then convince him to stop yelling at his wife. So, how's everybody been holding up this week of the uh, quarantine of the coronavirus? What's, what's been going on? It's getting a little, getting a little tough. Got to be, got to be honest with you. Everybody's losing their minds, and I'm, I'm starting to get to that point too. Um, it's just everybody being in one house all at once when you can't really go anywhere with, unless you're getting like essential. It's just 
it just drives people crazy. I don't know. I don't know how it's doing it uh, going at your house, Scott, because I know you have a decent amount of people. I know Mike, you've got a few people, so I imagine it's going even worse for you guys. Well, for me, uh, my wife Kristen, she I feel so bad for her. She's she's a school teacher, so all of her teaching stuff she has to do online from at home, and it's just it. it triples almost quadruples the work she has to do plus i think i've mentioned on the show before she's going back to school right now she's working on her doctorate and her doctorate program was completely online everything it was an online program so absolutely nothing changes there so she's still got the exact same amount of work that she had to do for a doctorate program plus piling on top of that she's stuff she has to do for for school teaching, and then turn around and our two children now have to be homeschooled. And that's out of my wheelhouse, so she handles that too. And it's just, she's got she's got so much shit going on. I feel awful. She she goes out into our little, our little where it's become our school room at 8.30 in the morning and she finishes up at 8.30 at night. That's nuts. Yeah, Hold it sucks. Yeah. Was she in the Florida room? Yeah, she comes out to the Florida room, 8.30 in the morning, finishes 8.30. She comes in for breaks and meals and everything like that, but she that's Monday through Friday. She does that. It's crazy. So does she have, like, a big blackboard set up and, like, a camera so she can, like, write on the board just, like, at school, or is she doing everything, no. like, so on the computer? Here's the crazy thing. All the work – she is required to do all this work and put it online, on Google Classroom, on the other applications that they have, but none of her students are required to complete it. And the reason for that is she has like 30 kids. Half of them don't have internet access. So they can't get the work anyway. Plus, she has certain students that have IEPs, which are differentiated educational plans. So maybe there's somebody that has dyslexia or somebody who has autism or somebody who English isn't their first language and they have a different education plan. Well, when you do everything online, everybody has to be taught the same way. So that breaks that differentiated plan that they have made. So nothing that these kids can do is required, yet she is required to put it out there for them. That's kind of how it is with Mila a little bit. Like, yeah, they, they, we don't. She doesn't have to turn anything in. She doesn't have to like email the teacher anything. But right. it is like a, like, all right, well, you got to make sure you get this done, and you know, we're doing this today, and here's what you got to do today. So, but there's no like emailing or anything like that, anything to the teacher. So, right. Pretty we weird. actually got like a new packet like dropped off in our mailbox. Mm-hmm. Like we got like a whole week's worth of stuff just like in the mailbox. It was like do this. This week, and then the teacher was like, "Yeah, you don't have to do it, but you should do it." And here's what you need to do. But like Winifred, like doing the math homework, she'll sit down and do like the whole week's worth in like an hour. But then anything that involves words or writing, it's like you described earlier with Mila. It's like it should take like ten minutes, but it takes like an hour. Yeah, I was talking yeah. about it earlier off the air that um, when I try to help uh, Mila, our younger cousin that lives with us. Uh, with her work, she's only eight years old, and anything with most of the work, but it's usually math, it just takes her forever to do it because she just doesn't want to do it. She can do it, 
but she just doesn't want to do it. She'll get like three problems done and then she'll stop and like shut down for like a half hour or something like that and just like uh, mess around basically. Usually the stuff with the language arts, she's not too bad with, but math. And it, they're just doing like counting coins and things like that. So. Yeah, I think I mentioned this to you before, Mike. Uh, Winnie is in kindergarten and so is my oldest, Eva. And in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, they're one of the states that kindergarten is not mandatory. So therefore, like, by law, you don't even have to send your kid to kindergarten. Now, once you get into first grade all the way up till you're 18 years old, by law, you're required to go to school then. But kindergarten doesn't count. So for our kids, Mike, there's no way, like, they can't, they can't require us to do anything because they're not even required to go to school at that age. We just choose to send them, you know what I mean? Right, right, yeah, and that's what the, uh, they, they set up like a conference call with her class on Tuesday, and right. that was that was kind of fun because they played a bunch of games, like with all the kids, like Winifred was dancing around the living room, and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, we're having a dance party, so everybody's just like dancing. Right. And so, like, and like Mila, she's in what, second grade, Adam? Yeah. And Kristen, she teaches third grade, so second graders and third graders they are required to go to school in Pennsylvania, but there's no way to require them to do this work because how do you make kids do it? Like Kristen's, for example, like I said, half her class doesn't have internet at home, which is mind boggling in today's day and age, but they just don't. I mean, this sounds kind of stupid, but it would be nice. Like I said, like we just got stuff sent in our mailbox. Mm -hmm. Like it would be kind of cool if they just had like, an envelope that you know that was already like with the postage stamp on it and it was like just dated like mail on friday the whatever and put all your shit in it and mail it back and you know and then just keep going like that i think in the day of social distancing they're kind of like i don't think we want them to people to go out and like go to their mailbox and stuff like that like we want to keep people well, as home as possible yeah, but if they didn't, well, I mean, if they didn't deliver mail, I mean, then they deliver mail. Rain I mean, nor sleet nor shine, mail's gonna go through. Did you ever see The Postman with Kevin Costner? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Who yeah. Uh, I never saw it. I just saw the commercials. What's uh, good? What's better, Waterworld or The Postman? Um, I'm I saw Waterworld. I'm always a fan of anything post-apocalyptic, so I'm going to go Waterworld. It's not a great movie. They both but... are post-apocalyptic, Adam. They're both post-apocalyptic. Yeah, but I thought it was yeah, but... the same movie. One was on a horse and one was on a boat. Yeah, a lot of like, people say it felt. A lot more... of people say it's the same. Yeah, but, uh, Waterworld felt a little more post-apocalyptic. It's the same argument with uh, uh, Mad Max One versus the sequels. Like the first one didn't feel that post-apocalyptic, even though it was. Actually. Both Waterworld and The Postman, they're both pretty bad movies, but I like them. They're guilty pleasures. I don't know. Kevin Costner, man, he was the shit in the 90s. Every, everything he did, I loved. Oh, yeah. Um, so, what have you, uh, have Dude, you guys had? Dude, are you guys not even going to mention that we that was our team name? Oh, yeah, we oh, were uh, come Kevin Costner on, and Waterworld man. for a trivia night. No, for it the was, putt putt challenge. It was snowball oh, the putt, crawl. Oh, the snowball crawl. That's right. 
Oh, well, I, I, I wasn't Scott. on that team. That's I wasn't right, on Scott. that team. Yeah, Adam, that was our. Remember, because I told you I had that dream that I met Kevin Cosner <laughs> from Waterworld. Like that was like the. Now. That was like the whole thing. It was like the weirdest dream ever. I I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, and I told you I was like, oh, I was at his house, and then we were hanging out, and then like I woke up, and I was like, dude, I just met Kevin Cosner from Waterworld. And then I convinced you guys that it would be a good idea to make it our team name. And then everybody kept calling us Kevin Cosner, and I was like, no. That's from the whole Water thing. World. You got to do the whole damn thing. Yes. It's, it's not for love of the game, Kevin Costner. It's not Dances with Wolves, Kevin it's not, Costner. It's not banging Rene Russo with his tin cup, Kevin Costner. <laughs> Um, so you've, you guys, uh, been successfully social distancing yourselves or did you guys have to end up going out this past week to do anything? getting, get, getting back to post-apocalyptic? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually had to leave my house to get something for the first time since the, since the social distancing happened. I wish it was for Saki bombs, but no, it was something much, much worse. Uh, we've been doing all of our orders. Like we order everything from Amazon or we do Walmart pickup order. Like, all of our groceries are Walmart pickup. So we drive there, we park in a spot, they bring it out to us, they load the back of the car, and that's it. So we've been social distancing like a boss. And I haven't had to do anything. Well, today, a couple days ago, we did a, we did a pickup order from the Home Depot because the weather was going to be nice. We're home. We're stuck at home anyway. So we were going to do yard work. Dude, you should have bought stuff for the skate ramp. We just went over this. I'm last not week. building. I'm not <laughs> building a skate ramp. Not building a half pipe. <laughs> but what I did do today was mulch. I mulched the shit out of our house. It was it was Damn. awesome. Yeah. So we ordered all this mulch, and it got here, and I mulched, and guess what? I was short on mulch. Oh, ain't it, ain't it always the way? I'm, I, dude, you go two inches or three inches? I went three. Are you kidding me? Well, that's why you. I mean, did you do the? You did the math. I did the math as what I did two years ago, the last time I I mulched, and I did the same number, but I kind of eyeballed it when I was spreading it, so I think I was a little generous in certain areas. So I think that's where my problem was, dude. Generous spread, dude. The did you get the bags or did you get like a barrel dropped off? So we used to do like the truckloads. Yeah. Because it was cheaper that way. But then we discovered that it was like a lot more work. So the last couple times we've done the bags. It, Dude, it the bags it. bags are the way to go. We talked to a guy and he's like on, on like our fourth trip back to Cranax. He's like, "Dude, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's called bags." And I was like, "Yeah, but they're so much more expensive." He's like, "Yeah." But you be done by now. He's like, yes. I, he's like, I filled you up four times today. He's like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but like, stop. Because he's saying that you, when you do the bags, you just lay the bags out and then cut them open. Yep. Ra rather than like try to, like you said, eyeball it when you're distributing it. Right. He's like, people don't understand. He's like, you're spending way more money than you need to. Right. Right. So we've been doing the bags for a while now. I can't agree with Mr. Cranax worker enough. It is the way to go. Except I was a few short. And we tried to order them online. And this is a funny thing. Your wife works at Home Depot. I got a bone yep. to pick with them. We went to order more. And it said out of stock. 
And Kristen's like, oh no, it's going to look like hell. We got patchy areas, places that doesn't have it. <laughs> Yelling at me for doing it wrong. I said, like, Kristen, well, have you seen the outside world? Do you know what's going on out there? Uh, I said, well, yeah. well, let me go. I will go there. And I will like look around to see if they have like something similar that you won't even know the difference. Well, wait, just Scott, tell me you get red. Do you get red or you get no, black? No, we get brown. Alright, we get brown. No, we get brown. No, we get brown. Brown's nice. What can brown yeah, do very, for you? It's very nice. So I go to long story short, I go to Home Depot. Okay. I mask up, I glove up. I'm ready to do this. Okay. Oh my I'm god. Ready, I am ready to roll. Our governor in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Just recently said, if you're going to go out into public, wear a mask. So I wore a fucking mask. And I go in there and I, this, this is what I'm at about Home Depot. I walk back there. They have four freaking pallets of the exact same stuff <laughs> that they said they were out of. And I'm like, what the shit is this? So I'm like, well, whatever. I'm here. I'll get it. So I was like buying it. There were entirely too many fucking people at Home Depot. I couldn't believe how many people were in that store. And it's like people just walking around. It's like a mom and dad bringing their three kids to Home Depot to buy a fucking hammer or a microwave. Like, leave your damn kids at home. Like, this is fucking quarantine. Like, okay, if you have to go out and get something essential, I get it. That's what I was doing. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say don't go anywhere because I was out. But don't bring, don't make it a family fucking affair. And that's what it was. And everybody I saw, I saw one worker with a mask and one old lady. She was probably about 74, 75 years old with a mask. And her husband, who was about the same age, who was with her, he didn't have a damn mask. Nobody else in the damn store had masks. I'm like, what fucking planet are you people from? Do you not know what's going on? I was curious. I'm still steaming mad about this. It was kind of, it was, uh, it was kind of like that at Walmart a little bit. I had to go to Walmart this past week. Um, and I didn't mask up, but I did glove up. I absolutely uh, brought some gloves with me. And they have only one entrance open for people to go to Walmart. They have shopping carts spread out all across the front of the store. Yeah. Walk they did in. the same thing like that at Home Depot, too. Yeah. Exactly. So I go in there, and there's like the lady wiping down all the shopping carts and putting a few of them out so that people can take them. And I go in there, and there's like a decent amount of there's not as many as i was expecting but there's a decent amount of people there and you had some of them gloved and masked and everything like that but i saw the workers that were there and only some of them were like wearing gloves pretty much everybody that was handling like the cashiers area were handing gloves but like there were stock people around that like weren't all wearing gloves and they definitely weren't wearing masks so it was kind of the same way well the master the mass requirement is new that like just came out yeah, yeah it's yesterday. just like like yeah, yesterday or the day before, it just happened. Well, yeah, see, you I get guys, that. Uh, you guys would be bad at me. I I went to Sheets and I ordered a, a few hot dogs and some chicken wraps, like right off the screen. I was just touching the screen, grabbed my six pack, got my food to go, and like all the guys in the back. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have coronavirus now. I mean, it's like Sheets was like dead but there was like a lot there were more workers at sheets than there were people there or more customers that makes sense more yes. employees and customers yes uh but yeah i didn't wear a mask and i didn't do anything uh and i i don't know kind of this is gonna sound ignorant but like i'm kind of over it i'm like just bring the noise i was like i'm gonna cry to quarantine 
but I'm just going to try like not go out. But if I go out, then I don't know. I guess I have a mask to wear. I got like a surgical mask. Hmm. I mean, your wear. dad's a doctor. You could probably get one from him. <laughs> well, yeah, that's where I got it. That's where yeah, I got my, it. Yeah, my grandma's mask. a nurse. I got one from her. That's the one I was wearing. I don't really have access to masks, so I got to figure something out. Meredith is making like a million. So if she makes one extra, I will give it to you. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> wait, wait. She's making masks like yeah, as a so, hobby or to sell? Well, yeah, not to sell, but just to give out. I mean, she's so the what they're saying on the CDC is like you can wear the reason you wear the mask is if you're asymptomatic so you don't give it to other people. Yeah. So like it'll catch like if you s- sneeze or whatever, like the mask will like kind of catch it. That's like really what the mask is for. It's not to prevent you from getting it from someone else. It's to prevent you from giving it away. Yes. Yes. So that's um, that's what I heard too. Yeah. Yeah. So like the mask that you wear for that purpose can be kind of homemade, and the way she designed them is kind of slick. You you can like slide in. Um, like a furnace filter. You cut out a little piece of a furnace filter and then put it in there. Oh, that's neat. So then it like, it acts like a fucking, I mean, it's a filter. I mean, so it's kind of neat. So she's just made, she's made a bunch of them, um, but she's making like a hundred. So she's on like the final steps. But like I said, Adam, if she makes one, I'll give you one. Oh, that's, that's she, so nice of you. I appreciate it. Now, I'll probably mail it to you. Don't cry. Go to your <laughs> mailbox. Um, all right, so we've we've been, for the most part, successfully quarantining ourselves. Uh, for those of you that still don't believe it, quarantine yourselves. There's still probably a lot of people that they're like, man, this is nothing. This is bullshit. Um, yeah, you're wrong. So, yeah. So, what have you guys been uh, partaking in this week during your quarantine? Have you been watching anything good? Any new movies or TV shows? All right, so I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off right now. Oh, you're not it, just going to ease into it, it? No, no, it has to happen right now. It's time for us to talk about the one show that has taken the entire nation by storm. Everyone is watching the show and commenting about it. And, of course, I'm talking about The Tiger King. I thought you were going to say Clone Wars. Didn't they come out with a new series? Yep. Clone Wars is good. Clone <laughs> Wars is very good. But Tiger King, also on, on Netflix, is uh, is the hype right now. Dude, could... the, the Ski-Doo scene, the Sea-Doo, whatever it's called. I freaking loved it. I freaking loved At it. At the end, Adam, yeah. you, you watched the whole thing, right? Adam? I did watch the whole thing, yeah. The guy oh, on the jet ski. The jet ski. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, He's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then they just... And then they play that Eye of the Tiger song, and he's riding the jet ski, and I'm like, no! I was like, what is happening? So, if you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, oh, shit, I haven't watched Tiger King yet, you're probably the only person left on this planet, considering we're all quarantined with nothing to do, so everybody watches this show. But, go watch it, and then come back. I'll be honest with you, I don't know if you even need to really watch it and then come back. It's a docuseries, you know? I'd say... If you're iffy about it, uh, hear us talk about it, and then you're gonna be like, "Oh shit, I gotta check this shit out." Are they really serious about what they said? What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not really. We're not gonna really give anyway spoilers. There's really not spoilers to give. Can you give? Is news spoilers? Like this happened in real life. Right. Exactly. So, oh, dude, I was so surprised. The ending. I was like, no. Oh, I, I did not they, see like, that coming. I didn't see it coming. I was so pissed. 
Dude, get, like, re- get ready. There's going to be a season two where some of the other people from the series are going to go down in flames, too. Well, get did ready. you hear they're turning it into an actual like TV scripted TV show? Like I did not hear that. Are I'm you gonna, serious? I'm going to look it up. There's at least one big name behind it. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. But yeah, I Dude, I don't know about... I don't know about you guys, but like I watched, I watched like one episode like every other day, so it was kind of staggered out, and I kind of forgot some of the names. But I will say this: like after the first episode, I started googling tigers. I was like, "Oh my god, I want to buy one." Then by episode three, I was like, "Gonna pull the trigger on buying a tiger." And then by episode seven, I was like, "Oh my god, I want to like give money to Peta or like the W." <laughs> yeah. Like like by the time I got to the end of the series, I was like, "This is the saddest fucking." Like I was actually like visibly depressed earlier today because i just finished it this morning right i was like oh my god this is like so sad this is terrible but like the first three episodes were just like this is awesome look how cool this is look at this tiger you got a freaking snow leopard in the back of my van in oklahoma what is happening um kate mckinnon is uh been officially tapped to play a role in the show and like, it's obviously very early on, but there's, like, at least one big name that they're like, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to be in it. Let's do it. So there are going to be, they're going to try to push a scripted TV show. So I don't think, I, I, it, they cut lightning in a bottle with the, with, with the reality <laughs> portion of it. Doing a scripted show, I don't think, I don't think it's going to Yeah, how could you me. write some of that crap? Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I mean, you can't. Who's, who's going to write that a guy puts tiger cubs in suitcases and rents Ferraris and, and, and then yells at his buddy for moving Earth with a backhoe and he wears a bandana? He wore the same outfit the whole fucking series. He's like fucking 60 years old. I forget that guy's name. Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe, yeah. Jeff Lowe. He wore fucking like tap out t-shirts and Ed Hardy jeans. The I just whole spit soda show. on my table. <laughs> no, he wore the same tap out t shirt. Ta- like, that's what it was. It was a tap out. It was a tap out. It was a size medium. And, <laughs> and he wore he wore the Ed Hardy jeans that are like bedazzled on the, the butt pockets. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know. Oh, oh yeah. Well, we saw it. Like Dude, he, listens, I was... he listens to Nickelback, drinks Coors Light, and lives on the West Hill. That's that kind of guy. He doesn't. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that guy. I was like, "This is so." You know who I really liked? Actually, I thought was somewhat redeeming until like the last ten minutes of the last episode. Was that Doc Antle guy? Like the guy in Myrtle Beach? He just seemed yeah, like, a little bit weird, and he had like nineteen wives. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he ran a cult. Like it was a cult, is what he was. He was a ran. cult. Yeah, for sure. I guess maybe I didn't like him. See, the problem is I didn't. I didn't watch the episodes. Well, one, I was a little bit drunk. Dominic and I binged like four episodes in a row, and I feel like I should go back and rewatch them. But I don't think there was a single redeeming character on the show. If you could find one redeeming character, I think it might be uh, Joe Exotic's first husband, the methed out dude. He might Why? be. Why? Why would you say that? It, yeah, no, wait, he, no, the, he, the guy who shot himself in the head, or the other guy? The first, no, the first guy, the one they were actually talking to that had the. The one who teeth. was the the meth addict who had like yeah. no teeth and all those. Yeah, things. he got the cover up tattoo and didn't even cover it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I I didn't say he was redeeming. What I said was, if you had to find one redeeming character in that entire series, it would have to be like 
him like of all the main characters because he didn't really do anything and he didn't like do anything really fucked up besides like drugs lots like, he, and lots of meth yeah lots of meth yeah but like he kept it to himself you know he, he just did his own thing where and he used his like pink camo and his like pink uh, adam so. he stole baby tigers from their mom after they were born did you watch yeah. that episode he didn't do that yeah, he did. Hello. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, because I felt the same way, Adam. I was he like, was really complacent. Like this guy in a cowboy hat, and then he I'm not d bag. And then I was like, oh, I like the meth head with crazy teeth. And then he started stealing babies out of the tiger cage, and I was like, what? This is so sad. This is sad. But that should sad. tell you. That should tell you something about the show that he that I'm saying he is probably the only one you could potentially say is like a redeeming character. Like I'm not counting like. The one chick, uh, the one brunette lady who worked for Doc Antle, who, came, who was, like, talking to him, saying, oh, yeah, he ran a call, like, you know, he got all the women to, like, sleep with him and stuff like that. I'm not including her, and I'm not really including, like, the dude that they interviewed, that Rick Kirkman guy, that producer guy. Because, I mean, he's a producer, so they're all kind of shitty, but, like, he didn't, like, get involved in any of the stuff, and he kind of left early on. Besides them, I'm talking, like, of all the other characters, he seems, like, the most... That you could say is like, eh, he wasn't that bad. I respect your opinion, but I 100% disagree. I am 100% standing by my statement that 0.00% were were okay. Like, there's no, not no. a single redeeming care redeemable character on no, that show. Two, two of the zoo workers, like the dude with the long hair, and then the dude without legs. The, the manager, the dude, and then the, the yeah. The one manager, I thought he The was dude upset. without legs was defending Joe Exotic. Yeah. Until the very end. Listen, listen, I don't disagree that other people need to go down too. But Joe Exotic is a fucking scumbag, and I'm glad he is in prison. He needed to go to prison, and he should stay there till he dies. And the guy with no legs was like, Oh, these other people suck too, so Joe should be let out. No, Joe should be in there, and so should they. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't... I, yeah, I, I think the tipping point was when they found out that I guess he did euthanize some tigers. Mm-hmm. But it's like... That's so crazy. I mean, did you see the one episode where there was like 200 cats in like one like area? Yeah. I mean, that's... This is insane. Yeah. Dude, how boss was it when he was, like, riding around in that car? He's in, like, a clothes... He's in, like, a... Uh, like, a like a Chevy Cobalt with a tiger in the front seat. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I, you could say that's boss. You could say I, that. I, I want to get back... I want to get back to uh, Joe Exotic's husbands. At least the first two, not his current husband. Yeah. Uh, his first husband was the one we were talking about, the one Adam likes. Tatted up meth teeth uh and then the second one was the 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 tall kid from california who shot himself in the head the first one ended up divorcing him and the second one of course died but let's talk about the fact that he had two husbands at the same time and neither one of them were gay they were both straight guys that he went he went up to the first one he's like hey are you gay he's like no he's like do you want me to give you meth and let you pet a tiger? And he's like, I'm gay now. And the other, the other guy, he did the exact, the other guy wasn't on meth, but he was like a pothead. He was on weed. So he went to him and said, I'll let you pet a tiger and I'll buy you all your weed. And yeah, he's but like, I think I, he smoked meth too. The second guy smoked meth too. 
Did he? I didn't. I thought yeah, just yeah, they both. He, yeah, he dabbled in meth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. No, but here's the thing, though. I'm pretty sure Joe Exotic was blowing every dude in the park. I mean, that's probably why that. Uh, it's the exact opposite of your classic drug dealer where they say, blow me and I'll give you meth. He's like, if, I'll give you meth if you let me blow you. Well, I think that goes, I think that's a two-way street. I've heard stories, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, well, those two, the two husbands, sure, they were blowing Joe Exotic and letting him blow no, them. No, no, no. See, I don't think that they were doing any of that. I think that they were giving the whole time. That's my, I mean, that's my opinion. You think they were giving and not receiving? Correct, yeah. Oh, see, I thought they were doing both. Well, but at, at the same time, they were going around and they were banging girls at the zoo. Well, yeah. They're not, yeah. Gay. They're yeah. not gay. They're not yeah. gay, exactly. <laughs> well, see that? <laughs> well, Winifred just walked in the room, so I'm ha I have to like curb my language here. But the uh, the show was it was just a total tr like that one newscaster that Asian woman yeah. from Oklahoma she was like this is it's a train wreck but you can't turn away from it so everybody wants to see it that and it's funny because everybody Meredith is like a diehard like cat PETA person and they and a lot of people are asking her like watch the show but now that I've seen it I kind of want to tell her like don't watch it because oh, like, Meredith hasn't watched it yet no she hasn't seen it yet and I'm thinking like I mean like. The last couple episodes were like effed up. I was like, "This is like, this is like super." Like I told you, it's like I almost like donated money. Like I actually almost like went online and like gave money. And the one guy made a good point. He's like, "You guys spent like tens of millions of dollars and you didn't help one animal." He's like, "You could have taken all of your argument, all your pettiness, and like gave ten million dollars to India and maybe saved one animal in the wild." <sighs> Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, they're all they're all they're scumbags. That's the yeah. Do you think she killed her husband? Yes, one hundred. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. It's pretty I mean, obvious. That, that leads me to my next point. Um, and I'm gonna talk about like the documentary itself. I'm I'm a pretty big fan of documentaries, but uh -oh. it has to be like the kind of documentary that I enjoy. So. Adam, we've talked about this on the show before about stand-up comedy. I'm very critical about stand-up comedians. I It's like love or hate. There's like no in-between. There's like stand-up comedians that I think are hilarious that I love. Yeah. And m most of them I can't even watch, so I think they're terrible. That's kind of how documentaries are for me. And this style, I don't like the true crime documentary. And I felt like they tried to make it that way. And I understand that true crime documentaries are very popular, especially with, like, <coughs> white women boomers. So that's kind of their target audience. But at the same time, I don't like that. And they try. I, I just wanted to see the shit show. You know, that's what I wanted to see. I mean, a large part of the shit show revolved around this whole thing with her husband and everything. Like, when they were showing clips of, like, Joe's internet show and his podcast stuff like that majority of the stuff he has to say and the, a lot of the stuff he was preaching in order to use against her had to do with her that husband. bitch carol baskin yeah exactly <laughs> like a lot of it had to do with her husband so 
you can't you can't do the documentary and not go down that rabbit hole a little bit at the very least. So, See, my one my one friend told me that this was a very successful podcast before it yes. was um, a Netflix show, and yes. she so she was telling me she was like, "Yeah, spoilers! Like I already know what happens." And I was like, "Dude, don't say anything." Um, but she was telling me she's like, "Yeah, this is um, like the podcast was way less sexist." Than like mm-hmm. the show, like the the Netflix series was just kind of like just a raunchy like dude version. Like it was almost like shock for shock's sake. Yes, just shock get, value, uh-huh. shock value or whatever. Um, but I tell you what, like the first couple of episodes, I was getting scared because I was like, I didn't really know what the point of the show was or like what the goal was. So like I was like, is there, are they actually gonna like get mauled? Because like there were a couple scenes. Like where remember that the one cat was like biting his foot and then he had his um like knee brace or whatever yeah or yeah. crutch he almost got, he like, almost died right there and he's like smacking it in the face and then he pulls out his gun and I was like whoa dude like you are in a tiger you're in a tiger cage with like eight cats and you're just firing at the ground I was like dude I would be lighting up animals scared shitless although he only had six bullets in that gun so that's fucking stupid but uh, yeah I mean I'd be scared shitless to go in there. It's crazy. Yeah, about that podcast, I had heard the same thing. I, I've never listened to the podcast because from what I understand, it is one of those true crime podcasts. And it, it's presented that way. Like, it ends with Joe Exotic going to prison, and they talk about the what happened to Carol's first husband. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not into that. So that's why I never listened to the podcast. Right. The, po- right. the podcast got so much notoriety and and Joe Exotic was the for, was the main focus of it that when they did that that's when Netflix came and the powers that be they came to uh, the big cat sanctuary in Tampa because they didn't want to be a part of it people have been coming to them for years saying we want to do a documentary we want to film a show and they kept saying no 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 well then with the success of this podcast and the way it revolved around Joe Exotic's crime Oh yeah. Netflix came to them in Tampa and said, We want to do it just like this. And they're like, Oh, okay, cool. We hate that fucker too. Let's do that. We'll give you all the dirt we have. And really the show didn't work out that way. They turned it around, like you said, and and cashed in on the shock value and made it for what it is. So now the Baskins, Howard and Carol, are pissed. Yeah, they came out and they're like, this is bullshit. Like, this is not what the documentary mm-hmm. was supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And they lied to us, yada, yada, yada. So, Oh, 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 because, because they were portrayed as not, uh, what did he say? It was a champagne and brie night or whatever, like whatever he went to jail. Yes. Yes. Okay, so they're like actually mad because they thought that they were just going to, you know, basically pour the dirt on the other folks. But in reality, Netflix was like, dude, fuck all of you. You're all nice. Yes, I yes. think the only person that came out of this documentary that was like, yeah, absolutely, like, yeah, I loved what it did was Joe. I think it's the only because he thinks it exonerates him somehow. It, he thinks that it's going to lead to maybe him getting released early. Mm-hmm. So he might be like, I think I heard the only one uh, that was involved that was like, yeah, this is great. I loved it. Well, he's the did... only one who has anything to gain. He's the only one in prison. Yeah. <laughs> So he like everybody else has everything to lose. He has nothing to lose. I think other people are going down. That's what I'm telling you guys. I think there's going to be a season two, and I think other people are going down. 
Did you guys ever watch the uh, Making a Murderer documentary on Netflix? I missed out on that. I I was late to the show, or late to that show, and I sat down to try to start watching it, and then I was like, you know what? It's been like a couple months. I only want to watch this right now. So, honestly, Did you watch that? Uh, honestly, Scott, I am kind of in your boat with the true crime dramas. Yeah, yeah. I hate them. Like I, I do too. I tried to listen to that one podcast about uh, the Baltimore thing. Uh, I think it was called Serial or something. Do you guys remember that? It was like really big. It, like, yeah, it was I've like heard right it, when yeah. podcasts were like getting started and it was like free with their iTunes subscription or something. I don't know. But everybody was talking about how great it was. And then I like listened to like the first episode and it was like, okay, there is a, a 17 year old woman who was murdered and found in a trunk. And like, that's the only image that was in my head the whole time. They're like, Oh, well we're doing this and we're investigating this. We're trying to figure out this. And it, you know, it's a, it's a show. So it just can't be all doom and gloom for 24 hours. It has to have like lighthearted parts or this part. And, that, and I was like, hold on. I was like, guys back up. I was like, there is a 17 year old girl dead in a trunk. This is fucking sad. I'm not listening to this anymore. This is terrible. Like, this is, like, for the 5 o'clock news, not for, like, entertainment. So then, like I said, I was a little bit annoyed how this this whole crazy show kind of morphed into, like, a true crime drama. Um, see, I thought Carol Baskin was going to die at the end, but I guess that was just my naivete. So I didn't know what was going to happen. But that's the mm. reason, Scott, I hate these. I hate these true crime dramas because it's yeah. true. It's like people are getting murdered and they're dying, and it's like we're watching this because it's fun. But I think in this show, did anybody die? Uh, just the second husband when he shot himself. Yeah, and that that weirded me out. <laughs> Carol's first creepy. husband. Carol's right. first husband. Joe's second husband, and a shit ton of tigers. Yeah. Other than that, I think that's it. See, I'm kind of yeah. I'm similar to you guys in the sense of I don't really go in for a lot of the true crime stuff. Unless there's some, like, really weird element about that that you're like, really? Like, what the fuck is up with that? Like, there was this one that was a little popular about this um, this guy who, in, like, the 80s, was, like, sexually abusing his neighbor's daughter for, like, years and eventually, like, ran away with her or something like that when she became, like, a teenager. And I was like, why would I want to watch some shit like that? And then you find out, well, do you know how he convinced her? He told her, like, aliens wanted them to do it and convinced her. And she grew up thinking that that's the truth. And I was like, that is weird. And then I watched it and I felt horrible. But there was, like, that weird element of, like, aliens, like, like want us to do this. And I'm like, that is, like, it's, it's, it's just, like, those weird elements of, like, how the fuck did that happen? Hmm. So crazy, Scott. I feel like we cut you off. Sorry. Well, no, I was I was bringing up the making a murder documentary because that was really popular a couple of years back. Oh, right, right. And, yeah. and I I I've said it a million times. I'm not into the true crime, and that's kind of what it was. But I watched that I watched that documentary, and I I bought into it. I got into it. I was enjoying it, but I don't think I was enjoying it for the true crime aspect. Kind of just like Tiger King, I was enjoying it for the shit show that those people were in it, and they were. And and the guy, I don't know if you guys didn't watch it or not, the guy got sentenced for a crime that he didn't commit, and they found out years later he didn't, so they let him out. And then 
they arrested him again for committing another crime. And this time it was like for murdering somebody. They put him away for life. But there's all kinds of questions like, are the cops out to get him? Dude, the guy definitely killed her. Like, there's no question about it. That guy needs to be in jail. But the police were just so... They, they were like the Keystone cops. They were a whole bunch of Barney Fifes. They were terrible. They were they were the worst cops ever. The worst detectives ever. Um, and then they came out with a season two, which revolved around, like, his nephew who went to jail with him. And, like, they did some stuff illegal. Season two was terrible. I couldn't even get through it. I watched half of it and stopped watching it. So I was concerned that Tiger King was going to be like that. But it wasn't. I enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious at some points. You can't not have... You can't not, like, showcase a gun-toting, homosexual redneck like that. He's a horrible person, but he doesn't yeah. make the show. You have to tote him, like put him out in front street and be like, this is the show right here. I like... Uh, see, the kind of documentaries I like are like... I like Ken Burns. He did like the Civil War and stuff. And of course, I like Michael Moore's stuff. He's won Academy Awards for his documentaries because they, the directors themselves are the ones like narrating it. Or I like like the Disney nature ones or the planet earth where they get some famous person to narrate it. But this is done like making tiger King and making a murderer were done very similar where it's just like the people telling their stories. And that's just not really my thing. I'm into more of the, the other style of documentary. You know what I mean? Adam? Yeah. I know what you mean. I let's talk about like one, the weird, one of the weirdest aspects about the show that I remember going through when Joe was dealing with his, what was it, his bodyguard or whatever, and was legitimately trying to uh, figure out a price to have him go down to Tampa and kill Carol. Like, they were right. legitimately negotiating a price, and that whole thing ended with him basically disappearing one night and then saying, like, yeah, I just decided this is too much, and I decided to go party instead. That is one of those weirdest reactions I got out of this documentary, because, yeah. like, how do you go from... How are you a person that goes from saying, yeah, I'm going to kill her. Like, let's negotiate a price. Like, you want to do it this way? Can we do it this way? To just waking up one more and be like, you know what? I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, I'm just going to go party. Like, that's a weird fucking dude right there. Forget Joe yeah, for a he was, That's a weird dude. He was in Oklahoma. And Joe was like, I'll pay you to kill her. And he's like, okay, I'll do it for $5,000. <clears> so then Joe comes back to him and is like, I don't have $5,000. Here's 3000 Will you do it for that? And he's like, yes. So he leaves and he's <laughs> driving on his way to go to Tampa, Florida to kill her. And like on the way there, he's like, fuck this. I'm not killing anybody. So he took the three grand and instead of going to Tampa, he goes to like, what was it? Like Myrtle Beach? Yeah, it was something. Yeah. Like that. He goes to South Carolina, goes to strip club and spends the three grand and parties and does coke and fucks whores and has a good time and nobody gets killed and that guy should be in jail too yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean he would be in jail if he like didn't make a deal with the fbi or whatever so see that's the thing i don't understand about you make all these deals it's like you got a deal to make a deal to make a deal to make a deal but at the end of the day it's like what like what's the goal like are they are they trying to stop something? Are they trying to stop someone? They're trying to make you know a, I mean? they're trying to make a point. They're trying to 
they're trying to make a point and but in Joe's case they were absolutely I'm not saying Joe wasn't wrong but in Joe's case I think they were absolutely trying to like basically make a very public point I mean like you shouldn't be doing this kind of shit like so that's why they they were trying to like really take him down because of all that sh- of, like of all that shit so no, but they were saying, they're like, yeah, they knew that the case, I mean, all of that case evidence was circumstantial, but when you throw in the other uh, 18 cases or whatever, like with all the tigers and stuff, it just makes the jury, and I think the one newscaster said this, she was like, yeah, I mean, you could talk about murders and killings all day on the news, but if you're an animal abuser, the public, like Joe Blow public does not like you. So yeah. it's like, yeah. if they're making the argument to the juror, like okay, this guy kills animals, so he's gonna go to jail. It's even that, if he, I mean, even if I mean all the other, I mean, what did he really do? I mean, you're allowed free speech. You're allowed um, to be like a total jackass. That's not illegal. Um, and he paid somebody. I mean, he had a plot, but nothing ever actually happened. Big money was you don't, money was like exchanged though. Like there yeah, was but, actually but, yeah. money yeah, that was exchanged. You, that that made that it, it's only he had full intention of paying somebody to get her killed. It's only because the one dude decided I, he just didn't want to do it the last minute that stopped it. That's, yeah, but yeah, but if you if you're charged with the conspiracy or like the plot or whatever, that's way different than murder one. I mean, like that's like it's a completely different statute yeah, of limitations. It is different. It different. is different. Because, well, if he would have got murder one, he would have got life in prison. Or, it was Oklahoma, he would have probably got the death penalty. Because yeah. it was only conspiracy, he got he gets, what, 70 years or something? I thought it was like 22 years or something. No, he, he ended up getting 22 years, but yeah. he was, but the reason it was supposed to be, that he was getting charged with 79, um, he was getting charged with 79 years is because of all the animal crimes. Because all those animal crimes kind of added up. And there was like, mm-hmm. uh, whatever there was, like total of like 19 charges or whatever. Right, well, yeah. And and from what I understand, again, I've never passed the bar. We have to get our pal Muha on here because he's the only attorney we know. But like Mike said, that was that was Joe Exotic's downfall. The podcast. What do you want? When they brought the animal shit into it. Because a lot of the the conspiracy, the murder okay, for hire stuff, there were some holes in that. Arden, I'm exactly. doing the podcast. There were some holes this in out. That. And, and, a, and a jury could have found him not guilty. Or it could have been a hung jury if there was one person who not buying into it. If I was on that jury, I'm not so sure. But then all of a sudden, they show these pictures of these beautiful tiger kittens getting murdered by the guy, and then that pisses everybody off. They said, "Oh fuck this guy! It's He's like going to jail." It's like the old saying they have with like TV shows and movies: like kill as many men, women, and children as you want, but you hurt that dog. Oh, you're the villain now. That's oh, uh, hey, Joe Bob Briggs quote. Love it. Hey, hey guys, uh, since Muha's not on the line, I used Google, and there this is go. from the yeah. Cornell Law School. Okay. If two or more persons conspire to violate section 1111, 1114, 1116, or 1119 of this title, and one or more of such persons do any overt act to affect the object of the conspiracy, each person shall be punished by imprisonment for any term of years or for life. So I guess my original point is moot because... Conspiracy to murder is almost the same as murder. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, there you have it. And I guess that's why, like, all those guys in The Godfather and all that stuff, like, uh, or, like, Sopranos or whatever, I guess that's why all those mob bosses can go to jail for life because they're part yeah. of this act. True. They are the starting point. Right? <clears throat> this dude, like, this dude, if, if, he can, if he fulfilled the act of murdering Carol... It would have only been because Joe's the one that paid him and start basically started the engine and hit the gas pedal on it to be like, hey, you kill it. So. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, um, yeah, I'd be cool to get a real lawyer's perspective, but either way, Google just proves what you guys said is correct. So, Joe's a piece of shit. Yeah, speaking of, you make a good point, Mike, with the, uh, with, with the, you said the Godfather of the Sopranos. I mentioned it on the show before. I am going through and watching The Sopranos. Mike's been on my case to, to hurry up and finish because he wants to talk to me about it. I know the show is back from the 90s and early 2000s, but I never watched it then. I'm, I'm trying to watch it now. And uh, you see that in the show. Like, you've got the, the organized crime bureau of the FBI, and they bring in all these like little low-level offenders, and they cut them deals. They say, hey... We want we want the boss. That's who we're going after. So I kind of feel like that's what they were doing to the guy who was going to go kill Carol. I forget his name. They wanted Joe. Yeah, they that, wanted him. That guy only wanted like blowjobs and cocaine. Like yes. they wanted the, the mastermind behind the operation. I mean, who, I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> Am I right? So I mean, if you haven't watched it, it's a great show. It's a shit show. Um, Speaking of Muha, real quick, I want to interject. We brought we brought up our pal uh, Mike Muha, who's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, with, I'd love to get his opinion on this, since he's an actual attorney. But he recently started his own podcast. Yes, I, I want to give it a shout out. And on his last episode, he was talking about this because he was watching the Tiger King, and he was giving it his point of view as a defense attorney. It was pretty good. Um, he's doing it right now on uh, Facebook Live is how he's he's doing it. So it's like a Q&A. Almost. You can ask him questions. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, we'll post a link on uh, For Distractions Facebook page. Yeah. Um, did you guys hear that uh, Joe Exotic wants to sue the United States government? For what? For what? Um, <laughs> yeah, he, for what? <laughs> he alleges... That the and this is from RollingStone.com, he alleges that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service placed the quote generic tiger on the endangered species list not to protect animals but to target certain people who breed animals and use them for business, which allowed them to file charges and put him in jail and out of business. So he's basically suing them, saying that it was a big conspiracy that they didn't actually put the uh, regular tiger on the endangered species list because it was endangered, but because they wanted to target people like him who were breeding them and using for like what they called club petting in the show. Oh, wait. I thought endangered has like a specific definition. Like an animal is endangered if there are less than this many in the wild or less than a certain percentage. Right. I think he's, I, I don't know what he's trying to say if they're lying about that number or he's saying the only reason why they did it was for this particular reason, but I mean, he's obviously back to crazy and he's trying to stay in the limelight. I know there's different, I don't know what it is. I think you're right, Mike. There's different levels of it. There's endangered and there's threatened and there's protected. 
there's I don't know what the cutoffs are, but there's different levels of what the animal can be classified as. Yeah, well, I'm a loser, so I'm going to Google it. An there animal that is endangered is close to extinction, meaning that there aren't very many of this animal left in the world. Blah, 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 blah. It, it's pretty fucking generic. Yeah. Oh, guess what extinct means? There aren't any left in the wild. That's or there aren't good. any left at all, right? At all. That That's from AustralianMuseum.net. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Google failed me on that one. Okay, well. But, um, see, the one guy made a good point. He's like, they're endangered, so we should make more of them. So it's like, okay, well, you should make more of them, but you should, like, <laughs> give them food that doesn't come from the Walmart truck. That was, like, <laughs> the most disgusting thing ever. Dude, he made pizzas with that meat. Yeah, that was so, I mean... That's so not like imagine, I guess, I mean, a tiger, that's all they know. I mean, obviously they ate it and they got big, but it's like how many tigers probably just got sick from eating like rancid meat. Okay. I looked it up. According to nationalgeographic.org, there are seven classifications when it comes to what we were talking about when it comes to animals. Um, okay. Least concerned, a species that is widespread and abundant. Near threatened, a species that is likely to qualify for a threatened category in the future, um, or the near future. Vulnerable species, uh, there's a bunch of different keep, categories for the rest of these, but I'm going to go with population reduction rate. Keep, keep scrolling, bud. <laughs> keep scrolling. Um, 30 to 50% population decline. Endangered is 50 to 70% population decline. Critically endangered is 80 to 90 population decline. And then the last two are extinct in the wild and then extinct, which I think with that wording, you can guess what that means. So, Wait, what was the percentage for critically endangered? Critically 70%? endangered was 80 to 90. Endangered 90. is 50 to 70 population decline. So. Hey, you learn something new every day. You, you know what? I um, was in South Africa, okay? And we got to pet a cheetah. Did I tell you this story? No. We were at this winery. It's called a winery, right? Yeah, where they make wine. Blah. The way you yeah. said it, it sounds like you were throwing up air quotes. Ha, huh, dude, <laughs> dude, South African wine is tits. It's really good. Yeah, it was really good. And it was crazy because we were there and they're like, hey, you guys want to pet a cheetah? And we're at a winery, so we're drinking wine all day. We like rented a bus and we went to like. Uh, when someone wineries. asks if you want to pet a cheetah, you say, yes. Yeah, this one guy was just like, oh, dude, it's like uh, 10 bucks, though. And I was like, here's 20. I'm touching it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to hold, I want to touch with both hands. So anyway, uh, we get in the cage and the guy goes, do not pet against the grain. And I don't know if you guys ever petted a cat, but like mm -hmm. they're like, you have to pet from the head to the tail. Yeah. He, he was like, do not pet from the tail Jesus to the head. Jesus Christ. And I was, like, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, do not <laughs> pet from the tail to I was like, why? And he's like, okay, I know you guys are excited to get in this See cage. little Mo over there with the gimpy leg? <laughs> he petted against the grain. He's like, okay. Like, I'm not. He's like, just pet it from the head. Like, he must have said it like 19 times. 
And I remember my buddy was taking a picture. He was too cheap to spend the 10 bucks. I don't remember who it was. But there is a picture. Of I don't think like that was cheapness. And... I think it was the cheetah factor that didn't make. What well, the cheetah factor? Oh, I love that. The <laughs> cheetah factor. I'll tell you what, man. I was scared. I was. I was legitimately scared. And then the guy kept saying it. And he was like making me more scared. He said that my face was just like priceless. He was <laughs> like, dude. It's like you were like visibly scared. But anyway, all three of us are like petting it, and it's like my hand is like shaking, and I was like. Uh, but I mean, they feel so soft, and it was it was really cool. So how really big? Cool. How big was it? Uh it was, was it like probably a full like grown cheetah. Yeah, it was full grown. It was probably like the size of a big dog. I don't think it was like a really old cheetah. I don't remember exactly how old it was, but it wasn't like a little cub. It wasn't a little thing that was like running around. I think they had it like sedated, and there was a a guy like there by the head. Like, I think it was, like, kind of, like, on a leash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they only, they only, they're, like, you can only have, like, three people in the cage at a time, I guess. You can't just have, like, a whole herd of people. Like, I mean, the the scary part is when they put you in the cage and they close the door. And you're, like, whoa, okay, and now I'm in the cage. Like, I'm not safe anymore. Like, this is, like, the worst place to be. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was neat. Um, but, like, seeing the video where they had, like, all the little cubs... Like, that looked awesome. I want to do that. But then they're saying that that's terrible for them for some reason. So when I was a kid, are you guys familiar with the IX Indoor Amusement Park the in Cleveland, IX Ohio? IX Indoor, Indoor Amusement Park. Park. That's the yeah. one. That's the one. Yeah. So cool. I was probably like 10, 11 years old, and I went there with my family. And now, now that I'm older and I know better and I've watched Tiger King, <laughs> I realized how terrible this was, but they had one of those roadside zoos there and they had two things you could do and you pay money to do it. You could bottle feed a baby black bear. Oh my God. Tell me you did that. Or no, or Lord. you could pet and get your picture taken with a full grown mountain lion. Ooh, bear. So I'm going bear. I, I was there with my cousin. And she opted for the feeding of the baby bear. I went mountain lion. Full <laughs> on. Full on mountain lion. It was fucking wild. I'm a kid. And I'm sitting on this. Like picture like when you were a kid. And you went to like Olin Mills. To get your like professional photo taken. <laughs> and, they, and they had that like soft thing. That you rested your arms on. Like imagine one of those. With a fucking lion sitting on it. What? Yeah. And you just like got next to it and like pet it. And they had a professional photographer there. And they're like, okay, look here and smile. And they had some guy off to the side holding one of those like, looks like a fishing rod, like with a, with a little fuzzy thing on the end. Like you, like you get, with, you get with your actual house cat. He's waving it around. The fucking thing is looking at it, trying to catch it with its giant mitts. Its claws are out. They're like it could have mauled. It could have mauled me easily. Oh my and, god! And like he did it for a quick second. They snapped the picture and they like got me out of there. And I was like, "Wow, that was not worth the twenty-five. <laughs> oh, shouldn't have paid the extra twenty to see the sharks. Should have paid the extra twenty in the line. Everybody knows that. Oh my god! So wait, uh, so what? Jody was like outside of the cage, just like snapping photos. The, like no flash photography. Uh, I actually I was there with my dad and like my grandparents. Oh, and, okay. yeah, and it was 
it was an experience. I'll say that. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't trump your uh, your cheat. What would you call it, Adam Cheetah? The cheetah factor. Yeah, the, the cheetah, cheetah factor. It does not trump the cheetah factor. That might be the that might be the title for the episode. Maybe. Uh, but it doesn't trump that. But it was still pretty gnarly. But now looking back on it, I'm like, wow, that was shitty. I shouldn't have done that. See, I have never been that close to anything that dangerous before in my life. So I don't have a funny story about that except my dick but (laughs) (laughs) um so does this wow okay so does this does this show ruin you now for like petting zoos and stuff like that are you like hesitant to like do stuff like that now and subject your kids to that so i was i was already pretty much ruined from zoos and it's unfortunate because as a kid... Dude, you, you defend the zoos I, all the time. No, no, I don't. I, I say the same argument. I love to go to the zoo and see the animals. But at the same time, I hate how zoos keep them locked in cages their whole lives. It's like it's like a love-hate. At the same time, like, when are you ever going to see a fucking giraffe or an elephant? Yeah, but like, Other than going to the zoo. What if they like it? What if they dig it? What if, like, fuck it, I don't have to worry about getting hunted. I don't gotta worry about any of that bullshit. I can just sleep and eat all day. I think that's the argument that the zoos want you to think. That's, like, what Joe Exotic would probably want you to think. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. PETA and the WWF. Like did, you. did you guys hear about, uh, I think this was last year on... Last year or two years ago on 60 Minutes, there was a guy, he raised a whole family of gorillas. Like, a whole family of gorillas from, like, the time they were, like, actual babies. And then they grew up, and they were, like, 10, 10 years old or whatever, and they were big. They were big effing gorillas. And his whole mission was, he was like, I'm going to release them into the wild. And all the PETA and all of the zoo people were like, do not do that. If you release these animals who have never been in the wild, into the wild, they will die. He was like, no, they're not. Their animal instincts will kick in. He was like a real fruit roll-up, smoking weed all the time, just like hanging out with gorillas, feeding them bananas and stuff. So the the 60-minute show, Anderson Cooper was like, what happened? And this guy's crying. He's like, they all died. And he's like, well, isn't that what they told you would happen? He's like, but they're animals. I thought their animal instincts would, would help them. And he's like, yeah, but the only thing they know is your living room in your backyard. Like, I guess whenever they get released into the wild, like, all of the other territorial gorillas that were around just beat the shit out of them. So, like, they didn't, like, get poached or, like, uh, attacked by humans. Like, the other wild gorillas just ate them. So that's what I'm wondering. Like, they have all these tigers in America. If they just shipped them over to India, what would happen? Or, uh, they would, they, they would, would die. They would have to live on, like, special preserves. That's what they would have to do. Yeah. There's no way they could go in the wild. It'd be like if you had a house cat, and then one day, after years you're living with your house cat, you just dropped him off in the woods. That cat's going to die. That cat is going to die. It, it might survive for a little bit. It might be able to hunt like little animals, but it's not going to know to look out for animals bigger than it, like a hawk or something like that that swoops down on it. It's going to die. So. Yeah, so that's why it's kind of like a love-hate, like Scott said. It's like, I love the zoo. I love going to the zoo. I think the zoo is a great place. I think the zoo is an, a place where people can like learn to love animals. 
because uh, like we uh, Winifred and I pet an elephant last year. Did I tell you this story? No. Uh, it was ten bucks. God damn it! It's always ten bucks. We paid ten bucks. Actually, we didn't it's even the have same it. Same dude pulling you around your entire life. Just dude, I made uh, I made Walner's uh, wife Sarah. I didn't make her. I just said, "Do you have ten dollars cash?" Because they were only collecting cash. Anyway, but we got to like pet the elephant, and again, I was scared shitless because it was like a giant elephant that you're like next to, you're, like right next to his head. I know it was kind of scary. How does it feel to know that that elephant is going to remember you for the rest of your life, and remember the smell of you shitting your pants as you're sitting right next to it? Dude, he smelled like shit too. <laughs> But, My uh, stepfather we... used to have a pet elephant. I'm sorry, Wait, what? Come again? What? Come again? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna yeah. need to repeat yeah, that Jack. in the microphone. Jack, my stepfather, he had a pet elephant. Shut up. No, he did. Like at his house? Yeah, but he lived in India. <laughs> oh, well, that's like so a dog he... then. That's like having a dog. Oh, no, okay. he said it's like having a car. <laughs> I have one of those. <laughs> No, like, that's what he said. Like, everybody had an elephant. Did he ride it? Yeah, you rode it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, late. that's how you got around. I'm going to be late for work. I'm going to take Elm this Wait, no, he, said, he, he said he loved it. He said it was awesome. <laughs> Hold on. S- scroll back. Yeah. Jack lived in India? He lived in India. He lived in Sri Lanka. He lived in Zaire. He lived in Zimbabwe. He lived in Uganda. Yeah. He was with the Peace Corps for a long time, doing public health, going to these like third world countries and helping them set up like health clinics. Really? What? How old? Yeah. Like he was like twenty. Right, like right out of college. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he's got some really gnarly stories. He was yes. telling me. He's telling me the one story. He was in Sri Lanka, and there's like ruins there, like ancient ruins, and him and a bunch of like other guys were like looking at it, and they're like walking around checking it. And he, like, went off by himself. And he's, like, walking around these stones. He comes around the corner. And he comes face-to-face with a fucking, like, six-foot king cobra. He's, like, what? it is. It is Christ. It has its hood out. Ooh. And it's, like, it's, like standing up <sighs> equal with his eyes. Like, what? looking him right in the eyes. Yeah. What, did, like, he, what did, just, did he do? He's, like, did I he... stopped, shit my pants. <laughs> Stayed deathly still, like it was a fucking T-Rex, like like Dr. Alan Grant taught us. He's like, and then I just slowly backed away, and it just, like, didn't care. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's my nightmare. Yeah. I yeah. might have, yeah. So, he didn't think to ask Jafar to, like, put his staff down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got to be. One jump into the law, man. One step ahead of my do. Take a do, do. Sorry, that is insane. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. He has some pictures of his elephant. I'll, uh, I'll show you guys sometime. I had no idea. Oh, it's crazy. He can speak Swahili, like fluently. Yeah, he can read and write it and have a conversation. Like, Dude, what, is Jack like Jason, like Jason <laughs> Borg? Like, if you put on, if, if you put on like the Swiss Family Robinsons, and you just like automatically like start building a treehouse. And he's like, uh, oh, here we go. Well, when when the Peace Corps like comes into a town, they like they like set up shop. Like they have people who are the construction workers. 
who build the shit. But he was there with the public health. So he organized, like, set up the health clinics. Other people set up, like, the schools. Other people set up, like, the irrigation system. Other people did. Everybody had their own job. But they brought, like, a small army into the town. But he's always, like, so soft-spoken. He never really... I don't, I don't know. Like, every time we chat, it's always kind of, like, about... I don't want to say about the weather, but usually it's about, like, what's going on. Like, yeah, he's he's got some pretty cool stories from back back in the day. He doesn't want to brag, I guess. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Next time I see him, I'm going to start... Well, one, I'm going to get some of those eggs because I'm low. <laughs> so he was in Africa, and it was, like, the AIDS epidemic was really bad there. Mm-hmm. So he went and he was like showing these African tribesmen who lived in like huts. He was showing them how to use a condom. And like he was like demonstrating with vegetables, you know, you know, like like uh, 11th grade or 10th grade health class, you know, they sex ed stuff. He was like doing that with them. And they're like, oh, OK, OK. So then, like he went to sleep and like woke up the next day. And outside of all of the uh, the people's huts, they had a stick stuck in the ground with the condom on the stick. Like, because Ugh. they they would reuse it. <laughs> they didn't know. Oh, my God. They didn't know that it was, like, a one-time thing because nothing in their culture is, like, like, Americans are just use it and get rid of it. That's not how their culture is. So... He taught them how to use it and didn't think to be like, okay, once you use it, then get the fuck rid of it and get another one. They would, like, save the condom for next time. And he'd wow. be like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> next, I can't believe I have known Jack for so many years. I'm going to have to tell him next time I see him. I've had about a numerous amount of encounters with you, and you have not once told me you played Operation Dumbo Drum over in India. Like, <laughs> We're going to have to get him on the podcast. Like, what the fuck? That's yeah. like a story you tell like day one. Like, yeah. hey, my name is Jack. I used to own an elephant. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when I watch The Lion King with him, every term in The Lion King is a word in Swahili. And he like tells me what it means. It's pretty wild. So, like, like, so, so. Like, e- like, like every character's name is a word in Swahili. What does Scar mean? Uh, Scar's actual name, he told me this, Scar's name wasn't always Scar, obviously. He got the Scar, so that became his name, because his real name, his birth name was Taka. And Taka is the Swahili word for garbage or trash. (laughs) Nice. Mufasa, Mufasa is the Swahili word for king. And Simba, yeah, was that Simba is lion. Lion, lion, that's what Sim- it is. Simba means lion. And Rafiki, the the monkey, the, the baboon who's in it, Rafiki means friend. Makes sense. I see a star with a rainbow behind it, and underneath it it says, the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. So when you watch Temple of Doom, I like that. When you watch Temple of Doom with him, is he like, oh, that's not how you ride an elephant. Yeah, um, I don't know, I don't, he probably would, yeah. I mean, we all know Willie wrote it wrong. That's why she got her ass bucked. (laughs) Knock if you buck. (laughs) 
I never saw Temple of Doom. I feel like I need to watch that. You never saw Temple of Doom? It's not that no, good. No, no, because growing up, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, my parents were like, ah, you can watch that. And then, like, uh, The Last Crusade, they're like, you can watch that. But they were like, you cannot watch Temple of Doom. And I was Temple like, Temple of well, Doom. I was yeah. like, Raiders of the Lost Ark was, like, kind of scary. And, like, Last Crusade was, like, kind of scary. So I was like, if they're telling me that I can watch those, but then like not watch this one, then I was like, there must be something really bad in there. I don't think I don't think Temple of Doom is much more scarier than the other two, but it's certainly more dark. The dude reaches into a man's chest and pulls his heart out. The Nazis' faces melt off. Adam. Yeah, see yeah, that, that, that was yeah. that was clearly fake. I'm just saying. Yes, yeah, so was the heart. Oh, yeah, oh, the heart was real. The heart was real. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, but it's dark. Like, there's child slavery and all that kind of bullshit. It, it's, it's just a much darker yeah. story, much darker storyline. I mean, I like Temple of Doom, but it's not better than Raiders or Crusade. That's because it seems like Raiders and Crusade, like, go together. Temple of Doom is like the dirty stepchild that you don't want to talk about. Actually, the second movie was Temple of Doom, but it actually takes place chronologically before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. So I feel like I gotta watch it now. Dude, do we have it on Plex? Can I watch it on Plex? It's on Plex. It's also on Disney Plus. So you got lots of ways to watch it. Wait, wait, I thought you said Disney Plus didn't have radar movies. It's not rated R. Oh my god. Oh, how bad could it be then? The eighties oh, the eighties rating system was a little It was weird. the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Oh, it didn't show boob or dick? Alright. PG-13 it is. Hey, Titanic's PG-13, and they showed boobs. Yeah, but they were tastefully done. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, Kate. Do they, they drop one <laughs> F-word? Are you allowed to drop one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie? Is that the rule? I think it's one. I think it's... Yeah. Oh. Dude, I'm Googling that right now. Okay. All right, while he Googles that, Scott... You yes. want to tell the folks how they can get a four distraction? We're at a, we're at about time, so why oh, don't you wow. tell them how they can uh, get a hold of us? Wow, time flies when you're having fun and you're not being the angry socialist yelling at everything. I guess. Okay, so if you want to get a hold of us at four distraction, you can shoot us an email at fouryourdistraction at gmail .com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook. Search for Four Your Distraction on there and like our page on there. We are also on Twitter. You can search for Four Your Distraction and follow us on Twitter. You can tweet us at podcast FYD. There's a whole bunch of ways you can listen to our show. We post our shows to SoundCloud. So SoundCloud, search for Four Your Distraction on there. We are also on iTunes. You can search for Four Your Distraction on there. Subscribe to us rate us write us a little review um we are a member of the be real podcasting network so well we lost you there for a second scott yeah all right sorry about that a little bit of a technical difficulty but scott was finishing up uh uh he left off on we were doing Podbean, so we're on pod Podbean. yeah Podbean. yes that's another way you can listen to us you can search for us on Podbean. Uh, by searching for the Movie Guys podcast. They are our sister show. They post all the other Be Real Network shows on there. So that's a good way to find us. Also on YouTube, you can search for Movie Guys podcast on YouTube. 
Uh, Mike, you were saying that you've been listening on Spotify to For Your Distraction. I think Mike I, is. I think he's. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, podcast. Uh, Fyd. Yeah, podcast. Right now, Fyd. It's whatever your uh, Twitter handle is. Is the same. Yeah. Um, right now we we are on Google Play and uh, Spotify. Search podcast Fyd. I'm looking to try to fix that to be able to search for distractions. So I'm trying to figure out why it's doing that. But yeah, it's podcast Fyd there. And we got some other big news coming on the way. Stay tuned. Get excited, Mike. Thanks for joining us again. Hey, thanks for having me. I feel like I'm the Tiger King. Yeah, you didn't you didn't push any of my buttons tonight, so that's always a win. So <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, uh, for the record, uh, last week's show, a few people I talked to said that they enjoyed the guessing game, but that's neither here nor there. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. You don't don't get him started, Mike. He's gonna start again. So. All right, guys. Uh, thank you. Like we said, thanks again, Mike. Uh, Mike. Scott said we got big things coming. Thank you guys for listening to us during week four of Four Distractions Quarantine.